0: Farewell and adieu, all ye fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu, all ye ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail for old England. And we never shall see ye fair ladies again. We'll rant and we'll rave like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll rave all on the salt sea. Until we reach soundings in the channel of... with David and Mommy! I was singing to them. I
1: told you when I was going to do.
0: I know, I did. I love it. It's fantastic. From David to Mommy is zero degrees. Alright, welcome back to... I was <laughs> Treasure Island, story time with David and Mummy, where we are reading Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. We are on chapter 22, which is called How My Sea Adventure Began. There was no return of the mutineers, not so much as another shot out of the woods. They had got their rations for that day, as the captain put it. We had to place ourselves in a quiet time, We had the place to ourselves in a quiet time to overhaul the wounded and get dinner. Squire and I cooked outside in spite of the danger, and even outside we could hardly tell what we were at. uh, For horror of the loud groans that reached us from the doctor's patients. Let me read that again. Squire and I cooked outside in spite of the danger, and even outside we could hardly tell what we were at for horror of the loud groans that reached us from the doctor's patients. Out of the eight men who had fallen in the action, only three still breathed. That one of the pirates who had been shot at the loophole, Hunter and Captain Smollett. And of these, the first two were as good as dead. The mutineer indeed died under the doctor's knife, and Hunter, do what we could, never recovered consciousness in this world. He lingered all day, breathing loudly like the old buccaneer at home in his epileptic fit. But the bones of his chest had been crushed by the blow and his skull fractured in the falling. And sometime in the following night, without a sign or a sound, he went to his maker. As for the captain, his wounds were grievous indeed, but not dangerous. No organ was fatally injured. Anderson's ball, for it was Job and Job that shot him first, had broken his shoulder blade and touched the lung. Not badly. The second, I don't know if there's anything, is not badly touched the lung. not badly. The second had only torn and displaced some muscles in the calf. He was sure to recover, the doctor said, but in the meantime, and for some for weeks to come, he must not walk or move his arm, nor so much as speak when he could help it. My own accidental cut across the knuckles was a flea bite. Dr. Livesey patched it up with plaster and pulled my ears for me into the bargain. After dinner, the squire and the doctor sat by the captain's side a while in consultation. and When they had talked to their heart's content. It being then a little past noon, the doctor took up his hat and pistols, girt on a cutlass, put the chart in his pocket, and with a musket over his shoulder, crossed the palisade on the north side and set off briskly through the trees.
1: We're back with story time with David and Mommy. Yes. <laughs> I just paused it so I could get the book a little bit better. <clears throat> Let's see.
0: Gray and I were sitting together at the far end of the blockhouse to be out of earshot of our officers consulting, and Gray took his pipe out of his mouth and fairly forgot to put it back in again, so thunderstruck was he at this occurrence. Why, in the name of Davy Jones, said he, is Dr. Livesey mad? Why, no, says I. He's about the last of this crew for that, I take it. Well, shipmate, said Gray, mad he may not be, but if he's not, You mock my words, I am. I take it, replied I, that the doctor has his idea, and if I'm right, he's going now to see Ben Gunn. I was right, as appeared later, but in the meantime, the house being stifling hot, and the little patch of sand inside the palisade ablaze with midday sun, I began to get another thought into my head, which was not by any means so right. What I began to do was to envy the doctor walking in the cool shadow of the woods with the birds about him and the pleasant smell of the pines, while I sat grilling with my clothes stuck to the hot resin and so much blood about me and so many poor dead bodies lying all around that I took a disgust of the place that was almost as strong as fear. All the time I was washing out the blockhouse and then washing up the things from dinner, this disgust and envy kept growing stronger and stronger till at last being near a bread bag, and no one then observing me, I took the first step towards my escapade and filled both pockets of my coat with biscuit. I was a fool, if you like, and I certainly and certainly, I was going to do a foolish, overbold act, but I was determined to do it with all the precautions in my power. Those biscuits, should anything, bef- be- should anything befall me, would keep me at least from starving till far on in the next day. The next thing I laid hold of was a brace of pistols. And as I already had powder horn and bullets, I felt myself well supplied with arms. As for the scheme I had in my head, it was not a bad one in itself. I was to go down to the Hi. Sandy Spit. Mm-hmm.
1: Why is your metal
0: honey? No, that's your metal honey. Yeah, that was from the 1K that you did. David ran a 1K on Friday. Which one, yeah.
1: Day.
0: The, day before. Um, the day before yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I laid hold of was a brace of pistols, and as I already had a powder horn and bullets, I felt myself well supplied with arms. As for the scheme I had in my head, it was not a bad one in itself. I was to go down to the sandy spit that divides the anchorage on the east from the open sea, find the white rock I had observed last evening, and ascertain whether it was there or not that Ben Gunn had hidden his boat, a thing quite worth doing, as I still believe. But, as I was certain I should not be allowed to leave the enclosure, my only plan was to take French leave and slip out when nobody was watching, and that was so bad a way of doing it as made the thing wrong itself. But I was only a boy, and I had made my mind up. Well, as things at last fell out, I found an admirable opportunity. The squire and Gray were busy helping the captain with his bandages. The coast was clear. I made a bolt for it over the stockade and into the thickest of the trees. Before my absence was observed, I was out of the cry of my companions. This was my second folly, far worse than the first, as I left but two sound men to guard the house. But like the first, it was a help towards saving all of us. I took my way straight for the east coast of the island, for I was determined to go down to the seaside of the spit to avoid all chance of observation from the anchorage. It was already late in the afternoon, although still warm and sunny. As I continued to thread the tall woods, I could hear from far before me not only the continuous thunder of the surf, but cert- a certain tossing of foliage and grinding of boughs, which showed me the sea breeze had set in higher than usual. Soon cool draughts of air, began to reach me, and a few steps farther in I came forth into the open borders of the grove, and saw the sea lying blue and sunny to the horizon, and the surf tumbling and tossing its foam along the beach. I have never seen the sea quite round Treasure Island. I had never seen the sea quiet round Treasure Island. The sun might blaze overhead, the air might be without breath, the surface smooth and blue, but still those great rollers would be running along all the external coast. Thundering and thundering by day and night, and I scarce believe there is one spot in the island where a man would be out of earshot of their noise. I walked along the bes- along beside the surf with great enjoyment, till thinking I was now got far enough to the south, I took the cover of some thick bushes and crept warily up the ridge of the spit. Mm-hmm. Yes, and
1: I actually want you to go podcast listeners like. How does this look, and how
0: this works, and what is it if you want to see it. You mean, uh, you want me to describe what I think about your Lego creation that you made? Mm-hmm. I would love to do that, but can we finish this chapter first? There's not a whole lot left. Are uh, you
1: mean that
0: before chapter? <laughs> well, let's finish this one first, and then we'll see where we are. I walked along beside the surf with great enjoyment till, thinking I was now, fought, got far enough to the south, I took cover of some thick bushes and crept warily up to the ridge of the spit. Behind me was the sea, in front the anchorage. The sea breeze, as though it had this, it had the sooner blown itself out by its unusual violence, was already at an end. It had been succeeded by light. It had been succeeded by light. Variable airs from the south and southeast carrying great banks of fog. And the anchorage under the lee of Skeleton Island lay still and leaden as when we first entered it.
1: Skeleton Island,
0: we have our skeleton like I know we're building it right now.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't look exactly like
0: Island. No, it doesn't look exactly like Treasure Island, but it's our own, right? Yeah. The Hispaniola in that unbroken mirror was exactly portrayed from the truck to the water line. The Jolly Roger was hanging from her peak. Alongside lay one of of the jigs, silver in the stern sheets, him I could always recognize, while a couple of men were leaning over the stern bulkwards, one of them with a red cap, the very rogue I had seen some hours before stride legs upon the palisade. Apparently they were talking and laughing, Though at that distance upwards of a mile i could of course hear no word of what was said all at once there began the most horrid unearthly screaming which at first startled me badly though i had soon remembered the voice of captain flint and even thought i could make out the bird by her bright plumage as she sat perched upon her master's wrist soon after the jolly boat shoved off and pulled for shore and the man with the red cap and his comrade went below by the cabin companion. Just about the same time, the sun had gone down behind the spyglass, and as the fog was collecting rapidly, it began to glow dark, in the, glow dark in earnest. I saw I must lose no time if I were to find the boat that evening. The white rock, visible enough above the brush, was still some eighth mile, eighth of a mile further down the spit and it took me a ghoulish while to get up to it, crawling off and on all fours among the scrub. Night had almost come when I laid my hands on its rough sides. Right below it, there was an exceedingly small hollow of green turf, hidden by banks and thick underwood about knee-deep, that grew very plentifully, and in the center of the dell, sure enough, a little tent of goatskins, like what the the gypsies carry about with them in England. I dropped into the hollow, lifted the side of the tent, and there was Ben Gunn's boat. Handmade, if ever anything was homemade, a rude lopsided framework of tough wood, and stretched upon that covering, uh, that a covering of goatskin, with the hair inside. The thing was extremely small, even for me, and I can hardly imagine that it would have floated with a full sized man. There was one thwart set as low as possible, a kind of stretcher in the bows, and a double paddle for propulsion. I had not seen a coracle such as the ancient Britons made, but I have seen one since, and I can give you no fairer idea of Ben Gunn's boat than by saying it was like the first and the worst coracle ever made by man. But the great advantage of the coracle it certainly possessed, but the great advantage of the coracle it certainly possessed, for it was exceedingly light and portable. Well, now that I had found the boat, you would have thought I had had enough Of truantry, truantry for once, but in the meantime, I had taken another notion and become so obstinately fond of it that I would have carried it out, I believe, in the teeth of Captain Smollett himself. This was to slip out under cover of night, cut the Hispaniola adrift, and let her go ashore where she fancied. I had quite made up my mind that the mutineers, after their repulse of the morning, had nothing nearer their hearts than to up anchor and away to sea. This I thought it would be a fine thing to prevent and now that I had seen how they had left their watchmen unprovided with a boat, I thought it might be done with little risk. Down I sat to wait for darkness, and made a hearty meal of biscuit. It was a night out of ten thousand for my purpose. The fog had now buried all heaven. As the last rays of daylight dwindled and disappeared, absolute blackness settled down on Treasure Island. And when at last I shouldered the coracle and groped my way stumblingly out of the hollow where I had supped, There were but two points visible on the whole anchorage. One was the great fire on shore by which the defeated pirates lay carousing in the swamp. The other, a mere blur of light upon the darkness, indicated the position of the anchored ship. She had swung round to the ebb. Her bow was now towards me. The only lights on board were in the cabin, and what I saw was merely a reflection on the fog of the strong rays that flowed from the stern window. The ebb had already run some time, and I had to wade through a long belt of swampy sand Mommy? where I sank several times above the ankle. Mommy? Hang on a second, let me finish this. Before I came to the edge of the retreating water, and wading a little way in with some strength and de- dexterity, I set my coracle heel downwards on the surface. Yes, How can I?
1: Yes. Describe how. Has-
0: Yeah, I see. David has made a beautiful, a really, well, maybe beautiful is not the right word for it. I don't know. He's made a super cool looking pirate hideout that has a very tall crow's nest with two. It's all made of Legos and it has two ropes coming down. Doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So it has two cool ropes coming down on each side, and has half a skull head with a bunch of um, that white thing in front.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of pirates inside of the hideout, and it has a jail part. Do
1: you know what's on
0: top of the skull? It looks like something that you can launch missiles out of. Whoa, that's cool.
1: cool.
0: And I see lots of different colors. I see red and white and gray and blue. And I see lots of pirates with their cool pirate hats and cutlasses and different weapons and a bottle of rum. Yeah. Oh, two bottles of rum. Very cool. Three bottles of rum. Goodness gracious. That's awesome. And... Wow.
1: Oh.
0: Whoa. Very cool, honey. All right, let me ask you a question. What happened in that chapter of Treasure Island?
1: Jim snuck
0: out. He did. Yeah, that's a good summary. <laughs> Jim snuck out. What did he go get?
1: Ben Gunn's
0: boat. Ben Gunn. Yep, Ben Gunn had hand carved a little boat called a coracle. And he got that little boat. Why? He's getting that boat.
1: So he can sail
0: to the ship. Yeah, so he can go out to the ship and what's he gonna do?
1: Spy out the pirates and be able to
0: He that's a good guess. Um what he's planning to do is to cut the ship loose from its anchor. So that the ship will actually run aground onto the island and the pirates will be stuck. Well, so it's not a great island? plan.
1: <laughs> how would they get off the island?
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's not a great plan, but he is only a boy. He's he's probably just a few years older than you, so he may not be able to make the best plans yet. I think make no you can well you know it's nice to have input from maybe people who are a little more experienced it might have been good for him to talk about his plan with some of the adults before he went and did it but you know he did it so we'll see what happens all right can you say bye podcast listeners oh,
1: Bobby, remember we have to do more chapters.
0: well i think maybe daddy would like to come and read a book well honey i think I think the choices are ask if Daddy would like to read a book with you or we're gonna go to bed. We'll get more exercise tomorrow. Honey. We're nice gonna go to tonight. the gym tomorrow I to honey, it's bedtime bedtime. We're gonna get ready for bed. Well, we're already ready for bed. Your choices are we're gonna go to bed or you can ask Daddy for a story a, and then go to bed.
1: How are you? Ready? That's
0: not Treasure How about daddy reads your story that's not Treasure Island?
1: Oh.
0: Why don't you say bye podcast listeners?
1: Bye podcast listeners. Bye podcast listeners. This is a tough decision. Ahoy, avast, aloft, a aloft. I'm rude. Ah. I'm rude. David wants to party. David wants to party. What's <laughs> sign? The bell's right, <laughs> Build rats. Bye. Buy a bloody build rats. Don't say that. That's not for a pirate talk. Oh, I see. Okay. Ah. Bye. Bloody build rats. Oh my gosh! I asked Olivia to
0: build build pirates.
1: Bye,
0: bloody. Bye, build, build pirates.
1: Bloody build Bye, bloody
0: build rats. Mm-hmm. Oh, hopefully they're not bloody.